For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. All right, everybody, welcome back. We are talking with Colin Hansen. Um, and specifically talking about his book, Young, Restless, Reformed. Um, Colin, the, the 10-year anniversary of this book is, is coming up, and so looking back over a, almost a decade uh, from this work being released, uh, what have been the most surprising outcomes from this work, both the, the good and the bad? What are some of those things that have surprised you about it? Uh, well, probably the best surprise has been that I've actually heard from a good number of people who came to know the Lord through reading the book. Wow. That was a surprise to me. I mean, I wasn't as surprised to hear what I've heard most commonly, which is, how did you know my experience? You described my <laughs> life. And it's kind of like when you preach and somebody says, how did you know to say all those things to me? Mm-hmm. And you're just thinking, I didn't. <laughs> but thank God for the Spirit. Absolutely. So for him convicting and using those words. So I wasn't as surprised by that because I'd, I'd heard those stories from people and I was just the conduit of telling those stories. So I wasn't as surprised to hear that, but I was really surprised for people to say, you know, I didn't know the Lord. I was, I was, you know, one guy told me I was, I was in the Navy at the time and a friend of mine sent me this book and, and the Lord, Lord used that book to save me. Um, and, and I wonder if it's had that kind of effect, especially on some people who grew up in the church and maybe grew disenchanted with the church and um, needed to know that there was a movement of, of God, of, of real, vital, affectionate religion that was actually historically and biblically grounded um, to help them to escape some of the narrow confines of, of whatever religion that they had that they had only inherited and that they didn't really understand in context. Mm-hmm. So that might have been uh, that might have been uh, it just that's what I mean any Christian, that's what you want to do. You want to be used by God Absolutely. to help change people's lives and and to help them to follow Christ. So that's really encouraging. Um, I think on the on the surprising, I mean, I knew that this was this was the book was going to be a snapshot in time. Mm-hmm. I mean, no book uh, apart from God's word is inspired to be timeless. But especially when you're writing a journalistic account, it it you know that it's a it's a it's an artifact. And so you just when you're writing about all these different figures, you just don't know how things are going to turn out. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting looking back in ten years that there are any number of figures who I didn't even think to write about Mm -hmm. in the book or who I barely thought to write about, but they just weren't really major um, kind of influencers at the time or really integrated well into that network. Um, So just to give you an example of that, I don't write about Matt Chandler Mm -hmm. in that. I write a ton about Mark Driscoll. Now, as you, you kind of seen, those guys have gone on very different trajectories um, Mark's church no longer even exists. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mark's old church doesn't even exist anymore. And he lives now in Arizona where he's leading a, a church. And Matt hadn't even yet gone through brain cancer on wow. uh, Thanksgiving. And, and, you know, that, that 
an aneurysm and thinking that he was going to die and expecting to die. Um, and then miraculously recovering and continuing to lead the village there in Dallas as it, as it's grown. And then to take over leadership of that actually, of that same, that very same Acts 29 network as the president, um, that Driscoll had helped to found. So, so that's just one of those surprising things. I guess I'm, I'm not necessarily surprised that various different figure, figures that I profiled in that book have gone on and changed and some good, some bad, and that other figures have emerged in their place. Um, but it is definitely just one of those things of you don't know exactly who and you don't know exactly how. And a lot of things are, are obvious in retrospect that weren't really obvious to me at the time. Yeah, yeah, that that's interesting. And as you're, you know, throwing out some of those names, I'm trying to remember is is Kevin DeYoung even mentioned in that in, in the book as well? No, Kevin DeYoung. No, there's there's no way I would have mentioned Kevin DeYoung because his his first broadly read book came out the exact same time uh, as okay. this. So uh, why we're not emergent, written co-written with Ted Kluck, right. also came out that same year in 2008. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of funny. I don't. I don't put myself on the same level as those guys, though I do think, um, I mean, so, so Kevin's book came out that year, two other books, and I can answer, we can talk in more detail about this um, in, in another segment perhaps, but two books that also came out in 2008, The Reason for God, Prodigal God, hmm. Tim Keller. Hmm. Um, so Tim Keller is another person who's not featured in that book. Tim, of course, was actually, you know, was was somewhat well known, but yeah, Kevin was not very old. He hadn't been at his church in East Lansing for very long. Previous to that, he'd been an associate pastor in in Orange City, Iowa, which is actually really near where I grew up um, in South Dakota. But no, he was uh, not well known. He had published, I think, a book on women in leadership, um, in church leadership. Um, but I don't think he'd written anything else before that book. But that book was the first of a whole bunch of really influential books that he's published. But wouldn't have thought to write about him. I met him actually at T4G in 2008 because of Young Restless Reformed. Okay. So we've become good friends since then. So another benefit for writing the book. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess kind of a follow-up maybe with that, and you might have already answered this, You know, is there a particular chapter you wish you could add or an interview that you wish you would have had in there? Uh, maybe it was DeYoung or Keller. Yeah, so Keller certainly. Um, I think uh, – you know, the first meeting of the Gospel Coalition happened in 2005, and Don Carson, who had become the president of the Gospel Coalition, introduced Keller, who had become the vice president. And Carson introduced him this way. He said, Tim Keller pastors a church in New York City that's really good at reaching out to postmodern skeptics. He really should be a lot better known than he is. Hmm. Uh-huh. In 2005, that comment made a lot of sense. In 2008, He's still reaching those skeptics, but now all of a sudden he's got two books on the New York Times bestseller list (laughs) and book after book after book after book after book after that. Mm -hmm. And when you think then about the growth of the Gospel Coalition ministry that that they helped to found together, um, just things have changed quite a bit. So, of course, there's there's nothing about the Gospel Coalition Mm -hmm. in that book either, at least not that I remember. Maybe I did include it in there. I, I don't think, uh, maybe I just, I don't even remember. Yeah, I was trying actually. to skim back so, through it before we were talking and I don't remember seeing anything in there. Uh, you would know better than I no, would. But I don't remember. Because I think the first conference was like, was summer fall. Uh, yeah, it was, it was summer of 2007. So I was not, um, after the book was done. Hmm. 
by then. The book had been filed. So I wrote about them for Christianity Today, but yeah, I didn't. Uh, so, so I did ask Tim at that event in 2007. Now I'm remembering. I did ask him if I could interview him. He said, no, 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 no. <laughs> then he said, yes. And then I sent him five questions, and he answered them all, yes, no, no, yes, no. <laughs> so as an interview, um, he and I would, would later uh, struck up a good relationship, a good working relationship, and we've been collaborating on a number of different book projects and, and things with the Gospel Coalition ever since. But yeah, that was, uh, I, I wish I would have been able to interview him and really dig in on all that stuff. But then again, he wouldn't have had the perspective that he has now. I would have been more introducing him in the book as opposed to kind of uh, describing uh, what's bec- how he's become known as kind of like the missional Yoda. Uh, <laughs> the I like that title. <laughs> I think I borrowed that from J.D. Greer. He probably borrowed it from somebody else. So anyway, but yeah, that's one interview I wish I, wish I could have done for the book. Absolutely, and we're obviously very grateful uh, that Keller has been putting out book after book after book, like you said. Um, those have been very rich and, and helpful to the church. So thanks again, Colin. Yeah, thanks, John. <laughs>